subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are back with you again. He's Matt. I'm Garrett. Look at this. See how I did that, Matt? We did that perfectly. Yeah, I like it. There it is. Perfect. We are grateful to have you with us today. We are excited to be back with you. If you want to find out more about Ninja Selling, as we're talking about today, go to ninjaselling.com. If you want to learn more about coaching, go to the Ninja Coaching. You can also find that through the Ninja Selling website. And uh, we have mastery available. We have business planning going on right now. You can check all that stuff out. But we're going to jump right into our episode today. Matt, I'm so grateful to be spending more time with you. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. Grateful to be spending time with you as well. My voice is a little bit it's been like this this week. If people have noticed on episodes, I don't know why. I feel fantastic. So other than that, everything is amazing. You did pick up smoking, right? Yeah. Well, that could be part of it too. No, Matt does not smoke. <laughs> that was one of the habits that I added into my 75 hard routine was like, oh, I need to make sure I smoke a pack a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of your health and fitness plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really bad plan. Oh, horrible. It's, it's eating me alive. <laughs> so, you know, Matt, we're not sure what Matt has, but I, we don't think he's contagious. So we all should be good. I don't have anything. I feel great. I just am losing my voice a little bit. So that's why I'm a little horsey, but you sound good though. I like it. Feel fantastic, man. Appreciate it. Savory. It's not, how are you? How are you? How are you Garrett though? How are you? I'm really good. World is good. Life is good. I'm excited about things that are going on right now and where we're headed. So yeah, it's a, all, all good stuff. I'm excited to talk today, Matt, about, you know, when we talk about success in our business, and a lot of people always equate success to how they did the year before. Mm -hmm. And they're always looking at growth. Is my business up? Is my business up over last year? And of course, we all want to grow every year and have our business outperform what we did the year before. But one thing that a lot of people fail to look at is how is the marketplace doing? And they they never take that into account of their personal success. They just look at it and they just go quickly go, oh my gosh, so I'm down by 10%, let's say. My business is off by 10% of last year. Or I've got a lot of people right now that are going, it looks like I'm going to hit exactly maybe what I did last year. My business is going to be about the same. The question that has failed to ask be asked a lot of times is, is the marketplace up or is it down? Because on the flip side of this, you may have a marketplace that's doing 50% more business and they're like, I did 20% better than I did last year. Well, you're actually off the market by 30%. Like, I hear you. I want to celebrate with you, but... <laughs> but you're underperforming compared to the market. <laughs> exactly. Where we're watching right now, Matt, and I think this is really important for a lot of ninjas that are coming out of this marketplace of 2023 is that they're not acknowledging how far the market is off. You know, when they're looking at it as I hit my same numbers I did last year, or maybe I'm off just a little bit, maybe I'm off by 10%. Take a look at the market, go sit down and talk with your broker and talk about how much the office is off. Look at the MLS and look at how much that is off in sales. It's a really important thing. And Matt, and this is where I want to talk to you today because this is something that can throw people kind of out of whack and they don't realize what they're really what the game they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. And and I don't want this to become a, oh, well, great, I can give myself some grace kind of thing. Because if you have big goals, we want to outperform the market. 
And if you're like super happy with how you're doing and you're underperforming a little bit, like that could be okay, depending on what your plan is, but understanding how you are compared to the market. Because as we talked about on the last episode, business planning, and you had mentioned you are running a business. Well, we want to know how that business fares in terms of market share, right? And so we're specifically really talking about here, Garrett, transaction volume and dollar volume of a marketplace, right? You don't have to really worry about GCI because you don't, you can't tell that of, of the marketplace, although you can manage your own GCI. But in terms of your personal business performance, transaction and dollar volume compared to the MLS is what we're talking about here. And it's really a pretty easy thing to do, yep. right? Because you just go into your MLS and you pull the numbers and you look at your numbers and you look at it year over year over year and you say, how am I doing? Just like you would go look at a chart for the stock market, right? Yeah. And I think the cool thing right now is there's a lot of people that are having up years from last year. Uh, that We're watching a lot of people have some really powerful years. And, uh, and I think the important part is to step back and say, it may feel like you're up by 20% and you are up 20% maybe over the year you just had, but you're up like 50% or more over the market and what the marketplace is doing. And this is a really important thing to factor into the health of your business, the health of your systems, the health of what you are creating. Because it, it, it you're not... What you said, Matt, was we're not saying like cut yourself slack or having big goals and things like that. Right. I want you to go after big goals. Yeah. Like if you're down and you're like, man, I'm struggling to make money this year. And you're like, oh, but you know, I'm still tracking with the market. So it's okay. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, compared to the market, but if you need money, then we need to figure out how to outperform the market. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's funny. Larry said that this to me many years ago. He said, I love it when an agent comes into me and they're like, I did 30% better than I did last year. And Larry's like, and not wanting to take the win completely out of their sales. And they're like, well, yeah, the market's up 30%. That means you didn't grow at all. <laughs> you just rode the market. Like... <laughs> And the scary part of if you realize that you're just riding with the market, you may not be in control of your business. You are somebody that is right. That means if the market drops by 20%, which there might be some people listening to this right now, that when the marketplace dropped as much as it just recently did, you're walking around going, what in the world happened? You were riding the market and what the market was doing maybe not being in control as you thought you were. And this is where you really get to understand the power that you have. And this is why it's important to look at those numbers because there are a lot of people who are saying, yeah, my business is down, but that's okay. The market is down without understanding, well, how much is the market down versus your business? Because there are agents who their business might be down 50% and the market's only down 20%, right? And so it's like, whoa, like- That's a whole nother eye opener. Right, And but I think that's the eye opener a lot of agents might need right now. I would start there and take a look at what's, what is my local market and which, what market are you looking at? Because you're probably not going to take your whole MLS because you may not serve the entire MLS, right? So do you look at your database and the markets that they're in? Do you look at where you want to do business? So Gary, let's start there and say, how do we first select and determine what market am I looking at to have a fair comparison to how my business is performing? I think first off, you need to start overall. Like I and I would go big. Start with the MLS. Just start with the whole MLS. 
Start nationally. Well, I wouldn't even go start nationally. I would start nationally to be like, what are the numbers as a whole doing as the United States as a whole? Then you can start. And this is if this is where I come to. And I'm actually really not a numbers guy. I don't love sitting around and analyzing data and things. But if I'm going to take the time to do it, I do like to do it right. Yeah. It just, you got to get me there. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do it. But I like to start nationally and look at what that is. And I like to look at the state and kind of go, well, why, why, why did the state see this? You know, there's some states that are seeing really good appreciation. There's some that are actually not seeing very good appreciation right now. And they got hit a little bit in this last year. And I remember I got into really looking at this because I had a conversation with Larry one time and we were talking about North Dakota and South Dakota. They were like the only positive appreciating states in the United States. This is going back in around 2009. The only ones. And I sat down with Larry. I'm like, like I don't get it. Like out of all, I mean, I love North Dakota and South Dakota, very beautiful. But I'm like, why out of the United States are they the ones? And he said, minerals. He says, actual minerals, things out of the ground, these mines, things like that, these are still going. These are still producing. Those people are still doing well when it comes to income. They didn't get hit like the rest of the you know, financial markets did. Like they're still, it's like, ooh, interesting. So this is why I like to look at then the state levels and kind of go, why? There are certain states that'll pop out at certain times. And it's good to ask, like, what made that one all of a sudden have appreciation in this market where all the ones maybe got hit? Or why did one get nailed and the other ones are all thriving? So you figure that out. Then I like to go down to the cities and figure that out. Why did certain ones spike? I looked at Reading this last season right now. Reading actually was one of the performers in California where a lot of cities got just smashed. And what it came out to is I started to analyze it more is a lot of people were leaving some of the cities and they were going, okay, we can move to Idaho. We can move to Utah. We can move to Colorado. We can move to Texas. And then there were some people who were like, but we really don't want to leave California. Where can we go that's different, but still California? And like, if we go far enough north, there's this little town called Redding, California, and it kind of is like being out in the sticks of a lot of these other places. And like, we're still in California. We got a huge influx of people. So it's fun then from a state level to start looking at these cities and go, why are some people coming? Why are some people going? Why are some markets growing? Why are they softening? And then we'll look down at the MLS, look down at even neighborhoods, because you may have a certain price point in your marketplace that you have put yourself into that maybe there's a ton of people coming from other areas with lots of money that has allowed that area to thrive right now. You might be doing waterfront properties in town where like a lot of retirees are coming in, which is what I experienced up in Grants Pass when I was selling up there. And that, that price point just kept rolling while the other ones were dead. And you might be in one of the dead price ranges going like, man, this is a tough market. And as you start to analyze it, you're like, why are these properties all selling? Like, what is happening here? Like, and start to really see what's going on. So for me, I like to start at that level and work our way all the way down to these micro markets, but it just helps you paint an incredible picture. It also makes you have amazing conversations with people when they start asking you like, how's the marketplace? Okay. So that was a lot. <laughs> that's, that's what you asked. Which is good. Okay. I did what you asked. Yeah. How do you do it? Right. And you threw in some appreciation and other stuff in there, which is also good to understand how those markets are moving in relation to transactions and total volume, right? Yes. 
And what I think is great is, and and this is where, because I'm I'm thinking of, if you're not used to doing that, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I, how, what, how do I start doing this? It's like, okay, it's okay. Once you start pulling this data together, it's easier to keep track of this over time. And, and there's also systems that just provide it for you, like FHFA does the pricing stuff, but you can also look up Kay Schiller and actually the St. Louis Fed has a lot of great charts on existing home sale numbers, new housing starts and things like that, that you can get nationally. And then obviously your MLS is going to have city, county, micro data that you can pull for those transaction volumes. And you can drop them into an Excel spreadsheet if you want, or just use the charts they give you and then take your stuff and overlay it. And I think when you have these different segments, you can then look at, hey, what's, what is my transaction history in terms of my price ranges? Let me look at my database and say, okay, well, who, what type of real estate does my database own to get a better picture of what market, quote unquote, do I need to compare myself against in order to really understand how my performance is doing? And you're going to settle some, and, and the numbers are going to probably be a bit all over at some point, right? Particularly if you're a specialized market like you specialize in those waterfront homes as an example. But that will still give you that picture of understanding so that if you're building your plan, what might I want to supplement with so I can still outperform the market overall or just hit the goals that I want to hit to have the income that I want to have? And when you have these numbers too, Garrett, I want to get into understanding your market share because this is something that I think is fun to also then look at is say, okay, well, if we have the total number of transactions in a segment of the market, how many of them do you do? Which by the way, is going to be outrageously small, most likely, right? Unless it's a, unless you're going really, really micro and you are the waterfront home guy or gal and you have 50% of the market. But overall, you're probably a small portion, but you can still look at that year over year. Let's say you're 2% of a market, right? But next year you're two and a half. Well, you just grew by 25% in terms of market share, which is pretty cool, right? Or maybe you went from two to one and a half. Well, we decreased by 25%. What happened? You know, because you can still have maybe your volume go up, but your market share goes down. So look at your total transactions, your total dollar volume versus the total transactions and dollar volume in your marketplace. And that's going to tell you your market share. And in a declining market, you would like to see your market share increase if you want to say, hey, I'm definitely outperforming the market. In an appreciating market, meaning more transactions, more business, you can probably have some flexibility there. But you to protect against the downturn, you'd want to at least see if we can maintain our market share. Unless the market's going so crazy, you're like, I can't even handle all that business. I'm glad there's more people in here handling some of these other things because I'm good, right? Yep. And this is where your business plan obviously comes in. But these are the little nuances of the metrics that can help you understand how are you really performing from a business sustainability standpoint. And then Garrett, obviously we have to then, you know, at some point here talk about, well, does it matter if you're getting the results that you want? Does it not matter if you're not getting the results that you want? And we can talk about that too. Well, and I think in, in actually jumping into what you're talking about here, like with the, does it, does it really matter at the end of the day? I think the, what you're trying to figure out here is, are you in control? Because if you're in control, then yes, I mean, if you want to put out a goal at the end of the year and say, okay, 
I'm going to go after that. I'm going to obtain this income that I want to make, this volume that I want to make. If you are in control, if you're in the driver's seat, it's much easier for you to get to that goal that you've set. If you are just writing what's going on in the marketplace, you literally are... We did a podcast on this years ago, which is like, are you in the driver's seat or are you sitting in the back seat of the car, right. kind of like watching what's going on? And this is your opportunity to grab the steering wheel and be like, okay, like I want to be in control. And the ones that are in control, they can look at a marketplace and say, look, I understand what the market's doing. My goal here is to outperform it. It's all. I think it should always be is to produce results above the people that are just sitting back and kind of riding the marketplace. I totally appreciate it though, Matt. There are, there are many people that I've coached over the years that are like, I don't need to make any more money. We're doing, making great money. I've got a great life. I just need to sustain this. But I do laugh that because they are so much in the driver's seat and because they have so much control, they nine times out of 10 have more production the next year. Because or they don't see that decline when the market goes down, right? Like they've set this protection limit that helps them sustain business through quote declining markets. Well, and I think you when you have a business based off of life changes again, like those happen no matter what. If you really understand how all that stuff works, they happen no matter what. It's not a convenience factor of should we buy or should we sell? Like maybe we could, maybe we could take advantage of the interest rates. Maybe we could, you know, maybe get into a house before maybe there's a bubble or something like that and get ahead of it. Like there's all kinds of stuff that people start, or a lot of people will build their businesses around that type of stuff. And when you build it around the life changes and you build it around the relationships, it's just much more sustainable. And as your database grows, as you do this business longer, what happens is, is you just start adding in more people and you have more people having more life changes. The stronger you make those relationships, the more they're like, Matt, I want to introduce you to my friend who's a real estate agent. Like, I got I to gotta get you guys connected. And all of a sudden, you're now just not taking care of their business. You're taking care of the people beyond them and their business. Yeah. And it just starts to kind of get exponential. But it's it's all and again. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this, Matt. And I know I went down like a huge rabbit hole there. But I think all the data is you can't can't leave the data out if you really want to understand. And when looking at this market, I think it's really important. Like when you're analyzing here right now, there's a lot of people that are wrapping up 2023. And they can very easily look at that and go, man, I didn't do as good as I did last year. And if you really want to have that conversation with yourself, know the numbers you're talking about, do the math like Matt was saying, and look at the MLS and look at how many transactions came through the pipeline compared to the year before and what, how much that's off. And then you can look at your numbers and say, okay, how did I do in correlation to what the marketplace did? Before you ever scold yourself, say, oh, you, know, you should have done better. Why was your year down? Any of that stuff. Yeah. If you had the year that just was flat, look at that. Because again, we got to know what that looks like in the market. And if you had an up year, again, you might go, yeah, it's up year. And you might go look at the market and go like, yeah, we did exactly what the marketplace did. And did we really have an up year? And this is, again, this is putting yourself in the driver's seat and realizing where maybe where you're sitting in the car. Yeah. 
are you just a passenger along for the ride of the market or are you actually the one that's controlling this thing? And that's what I'm hoping people get out of our, our discussion. I agree. I agree. And I'll, I'll add one last thing to analyze against this, right? Because looking at your performance versus the market is a lagging indicator. The way you can determine of like, okay, did I really get all of the squeeze out of my business, the juice out of my business with the squeeze that I gave it, right? Is to look at, well, how did you squeeze? Go look at your leading indicators now. If you're outperforming the market, let's say, or you had an up year that's underperforming the market, like a lot of people experienced in 2021 and maybe even 22. If you go back and look at the leading indicators, like, yeah, I was up 20%, but the market was up 30, 40%, and I wasn't doing these things, right? Which is maybe why I wasn't as good as the market. On the flip side, if the market's down and I'm down with the market, I'm also not doing these leading indicators. So maybe that's why I'm being kind of, my business is controlled by the rate of the market. If you're outperforming the market, you're likely going to find, hey, I was hitting my leading indicators. I was doing my Ninja 9. And so that's another thing to keep in mind as you look at your performance versus the market is once you have that data for yourself, now go compare it to your leading indicators to help you determine what can I control to make a difference in my business if I need to make a difference, if I want to make a difference. That way, now you don't have to worry about saying like, oh yeah, I just want to be this versus the market. It's like now I'm in full control and whatever the market does, it's going to do. Yes, there's going to be a portion of how I'm going to ride with that, but this is how I'm going to make sure I outperform by focusing on these actions. So that's the last thing that I would say, Garrett, people should probably take a look at when they're doing this analysis. 100%, 100%. And, uh, and again, this is just running your business as a business, knowing what you got going on, knowing where you stand. Uh, one of my, uh, my favorite pieces when helping somebody grow a business is you got to know where you're at right now to understand any goals that you set for yourself in the future. And uh, if you're going to be in that control of getting yourself to the goals that you want, get a very clear understanding of where you're at right now. And again, if you're writing the marketplace, you need to understand how much control you have and really where you're at. And then I would set a goal about outperforming the market. I mean, you can literally put a goal on the table of my goal going forward is to always outperform the market by this much. And what am I doing to do that? Yeah. I like that goal, actually. That's cool. You can even make it like, if I can outperform the market by one, two percent, right? hundred percent. A hundred percent, a hundred and fifty percent, two hundred percent. We're just saying whatever it is, that's a really fun because I think if you're if you set a goal like that along with your other stuff, it's going to require that you pay attention to this stuff, which will naturally help you perform better because you're paying closer attention to your business. So I like a goal like that, Garrett. Perfect. That's a good one. Awesome. Well. That's what we got for you guys today. I hope that this gave you some insight. As we talked about on the last episode, business planning season is here and there are several options for you with a Ninja. If you're a part of our coaching program, we are in the middle of doing our business planning workshops. So if you've thought about hiring a coach, you can check us out, go to ninjaselling.com, hit the coaching tab and personal coaching is under there. If you've been through an installation, you have access to Ninja mastery programs and sessions one of which is business strategies, which there is a new one coming up on November 15th that Ryan Seacrest is doing. And if you want to sign up for that, go to ninjaselling.com, click the coaching, and there's mastery right there that you can go to for that landing page. And if you missed Larry's 
webinar a few days ago, there are two more that he still will be doing that are live, which again, go to ninjaselling.com, click courses this time and go to the business planning roadmap or just go to you.ninjaselling.com because these will be taking place on Ninja U. So folks, thank you for joining us. We Oh, and join our Facebook group, of course. Like we, we didn't plug the Facebook group really hard the last two ones. So oh. go to Facebook, search for the Ninja Selling Podcast and we'll see you in there. We'll hang out with y'all. So thanks everyone. Thank you all until next time. Take care. We'll be back. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.